Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A Creative Control of Ishkana podcast is brought to you by you. Virtually all financial support for this show comes from listeners just like you. So please keep Creative Control going by making a flexible monthly donation at patreon.com slash creative control. You'll be glad you did this. Not as glad as me, but still pretty glad. Thank you. Is an absolute force of nature. Please go absolutely mental and welcome to the stage, Mr. Ronnie Chang! Ronnie Chang is an award-winning Chinese stand-up comedian and actor born in Malaysia who currently lives in New York City, where he's a correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Raised in Manchester, New Hampshire, but also Singapore, Chang graduated from the University of Melbourne in Australia in 2009 with a Bachelor of Laws and a Bachelor of Commerce, but then began his serious pursuit of stand-up. Between July 23rd and 25th, Chang returns to the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal, and he and I caught up for a very brief chat about Canada, comedy, weirdo lawyers and comedians, rhetoric and the media, his personal rage issues, and more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 489th and shortest ever episode of Creative Control featuring the hilarious Ronnie Chang with your host, me, Vish Khanna. It's up to you guys now. I'm okay. I'm okay with anything. I'm out. I contributed to the decision making. I'm okay with anything. I'm okay with anything. Why do you have to, why do you have to aim so low in life? I'm okay with anything. I'll be okay with anything. Okay, well, what will you be good with? What will you be good with? Why don't you tell me what you'll be good with? Why do you have to be okay? I'm okay with anything. Anything. Anything? You're okay with anything. Diarrhea. Are you okay with diarrhea? No? No diarrhea. Okay, genocide. Are you okay with genocide? No? So that's two things you're not okay with right there. Let's put some parameters on this decision making right now. Hi, Ronnie. How's it going? Hey, I'm good. Good, good. Where in the world are you? It's a hustly, bustly soundtrack behind you. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm in New York right now. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> it's not too... 
<laughs> Hope it's not too um, noisy. No, it's it's okay. It's okay. Uh, how long have you been in New York now? Three and a half years. Right. Almost four. Almost four. Yeah. This is since you started the Daily Show, I assume. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, do you enjoy New York? Do you enjoy America? Yeah, yeah, love it. New York is, um, especially for what I do, it's got great creative energy. It's kind of like, yeah, if you do stand-up comedy, this is this is kind of the mecca, I think, to do it. All my comedy heroes kind of came from here. Yeah, it's there's there's a nice vibe here. Nice. For that stuff. Yep. Now you've been to Canada, I believe, a few times for JFL. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So uh, JFL Montreal, uh, and I. They brought me out to Toronto and Vancouver. But at Montreal, I've been to like at least three or four times, I think. Okay, okay. So yeah. I, I must ask your perspective. You're a, you're a man of the world. You've lived in other countries. Uh, what do you make of Canada? Can't, what do I make of it? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Canada reminds me a lot of Australia. It's, it's, it's socialist. Like People kind of understand how to take care of other people. Uh, it's, got that, it's got that chill European vibe. You know, Montreal, old the old town of Montreal. Are you are you in, from Montreal? No, I'm calling you from Guelph, Ontario, which is just uh, west of Toronto. Okay, yeah. Uh, even Toronto, I mean, it's got that kind of uh, chill European vibe. Yeah. For me, Canada, when I'm there, it just reminds me of Australia. That's interesting. So, And, and so did you grow up in Australia? Uh, I spent 10 years there. I went to Australia for uh, college. Right. And I, st- I started doing stand-up comedy then. Now, what prompted you to start stand-up comedy? My understanding of your college background is it was pretty serious. Let's start with that. What did you study in college? I did a law degree and a commerce degree at the same time. And law school in Australia is undergraduate. Oh. So I went there as an undergrad, yeah. Okay, okay. So, and, yeah. so you studied some serious stuff. How did you find stand-up? As in, as in how did I, literally, how did I discover it um, <laughs> no I mean, I mean for yourself i mean how did you make uh, the leap from these very serious uh you know yeah, yeah. i mean I, I i've been answering that question for like 10 years now so it, it's it's I, I was doing uh there was a comedy competition at law school and i just signed up to do it yeah now and, um yeah every year every year uh i would sign up and kind of uh chicken out and then my final year of law school i signed up and i showed up so yeah that's kind of how i started getting to stand up do you know why you chickened out? I just want to follow that impulse. What was it about it that made you think, oh, no, I, I can't do this? Yeah, it's nerve-wracking. The first time you do it, it's, I mean, every time you do it, but especially the first time, it's nerve-wracking. I didn't think I, I didn't think I could do it. Hmm. So I, I just kind of backed out the night before. And then my final year of law school, I was kind of like, oh, it's now or never. So I just signed up and did it. And it, would you have a sense memory of that experience? Obviously, you've kept going, but what do you remember about that first experience? No, I, not only do I have a memory, I have a video of it. Uh, yeah, I just remember kind of being um, uh, nervous all day and doing the show at night. And I remember halfway through a set, I actually forgot the set. But then, like, it, it for what felt like, you know, five minutes, but really it was like three seconds. Hmm. And I remembered it again, and then I, I, I finished the set. And then I, I actually won that competition. And that's what kind of got me started into doing stand-up comedy. Now, from what I know of lawyers and the lawyers I know, there's an aspect of, of being a lawyer where you have to outwit your opponent, you have to outsmart your opponent, you have to be really clever. And I kind of see a parallel between that and stand-up. Do you see where I'm coming from? Do you see a parallel between the two? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting... I've never... Again, I've been answering this question for 10 years. That's the first time I've heard someone put it like that the kind of parallel between law and, and comedy. 
um, the, the competitive aspect. No one's ever kind of brought that up before, which is interesting. It's an interesting thought. Um, I think with law, we we like to think that it's about outwitting the opponent, but the real day to day practice of it, even in litigation where there it, where it, there is an opponent to kind of battle, like most of the time there is, uh, like it's just it's not really about outsmarting the other guy. It's just about who can who can do the most mundane thing the the quickest. So the kind of matching wits is in like a few good men. That's not 99% of the time. It's not, it's not, it's not that at all. So I don't know how much of it is matching wits that carries into comedy, but I think there's definitely a love of words and explaining an argument. Cause I think the, the really good comedy I think is you're kind of making an argument. And a lot of the time the argument is, is some warped idea or warped premise uh, that is not that's con- uh, contrary to kind of common society's belief. But you you kind of say it, and then you you make an argument for your log- for why it is, and you try to back it up with your own internal logic, right? I mean, that's one style of comedy. Some people are one-liners, some people are storytellers. But um, the kind of comedy I like is basically you're kind of making an argument for absurd premise, and you have to kind of back it up. So yeah, that I mean that would be the parallel, right? The yeah, making, I, making argument. Yeah. yeah, I think making the argument and swaying an audience, a judge, a jury. There, there seems yeah, yeah. to be something going on there in the performative aspect of both. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. So one of the weird offshoots of your current, your America's current political climate is we are exposed now to the weirdest fucking lawyers i've ever seen like just the, <laughs> the, 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 and like there would you agree like the, the some of these the rogues gallery is often filled with lawyers and i find that interesting they're all a bit odd don't you think wait are you, are you talking about like the current administration i think yeah. so yeah mostly yeah the people that are representing the current administration i mean sure, sure. they're yeah. all they're all a little odd do you think lawyers are generally a little weird yeah i think lawyers are generally pretty weird I think you've you've got a mixture of usually they're like type A personality, kind of uh, aggressive and like, or even if they're not aggressive, they definitely have a a, a high opinion about themselves. And so you're mi- mixing all this ego and, uh, quite frankly, like you, you have to have some kind of intelligence to to get through law school. I think so. Uh, I'm not saying they are the smartest people ever, but I'm just saying. You know, you have to have some basic level. So you're mixing kind of, it's this melting pot of type A personality plus ego plus plus some basic level of intelligence that creates a bunch of weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm not, I'm not even saying that there aren't weirdos in other profiles. I mean, comedy has the most weirdos probably. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I think lawyers, If I mean, you, you are asking me about this current administration. Yeah, there's a bunch of, I, I think there's a bunch of weirdos uh, and kind of representing America right now who, quite frankly, aren't the best of the best. And I think in any prof- in any industry, you kind of want to work with the best of the best or you want the best of the best representing you. That's not always possible for various reasons, right? Economic or whatever the, you know, whatever social economic reasons they are. But uh, I think in government, it's rare to see this many people who don't, who just seem quite frankly incompetent um you know like you wouldn't i I don't think any anyone in their right mind with 
money would hire any of these people to <laughs> do any. I, maybe that's just me, but I, I, I don't think you would. I, I wouldn't hire any of these people to to work for me. They all seem like a bunch of like as you said, like a. They look like yeah, like they they look like the Rhodes gal- Gallery of villains from like a superhero comic. Yeah, and I wonder from your perspective with your law background, what do you make of the the law bending, the hypocrisy in their statements? Like it's very baffling that they're getting away with this. It 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 is and it isn't and what you just asked is really the million dollar question in America right now. Like right I I think what we're seeing right now is really testing what America is. I mean, is it a country where you know, the rhetoric doesn't matter or is it a country where the that kind of rhetoric does matter, you know, to put it quite simply. Yeah. Uh because we see it, it's almost like we see all these people saying pretty ridiculous things, uh, but it on the ground level, to some extent, you know, the country ticks on, the banks open, the people wake up, they go to work. So it's it's weird. It's a very weird time. There's a real disconnect between what's being played out uh, in the media and uh, what is happening on the ground level. You know. Yeah. And so it's it's an interesting time, to, uh, like trying to figure out what that means. Like, does it mean that the media? isn't real or does that mean that we should care about rhetoric because it does affect people on the ground in, in a way that isn't tangible you know like a, is there something intangible building uh, on a very practical day-to-day level yeah uh, because we often the cynic, the cynical people often argue that politics doesn't matter right it doesn't matter who you vote for I mean d- does the past four years kind of make us change our minds on that does it mean like yeah it does matter like symbols matter who represents you does matter and uh, you know it's a question that uh, needs to be answered i think now in in your i appreciate that response in your stand up in the pieces you work with uh, yeah. the pieces you do for the daily show and the writers you work with you tap into a certain exasperation and anger that i find compelling and necessary do you have a sense of where that rage is sort of coming from if you would describe it as such i don't want to mischaracterize you but i feel like that's a Damn. lot of, a lot of where you're drawing from Damn, I don't know, man. I, I, you, I, I wish I, I wish I had a therapist to talk to about that. It's definitely, it's definitely coming from somewhere real. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for me, um, the the things which I found are the funniest are often the things that make me the angriest. And so it's a way of kind of communicating that in a uh, so that other people can understand and get on board, so that they don't feel like I'm being angry at them but that they can kind of join in my frustrations. You know, that's kind of like the key yeah. for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I believe that uh, authenticity resonates and with comedy, having an authentic point of view is, is kind of what makes good comedy great. So uh, all that stuff is coming from a real place. You know, I don't know if I can even, I don't, I don't even know how to fake anger. On no, stage. no, you, you seem you yeah. seem very angry. I, 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 oh, yeah. I, I'm not your therapist. I'm just saying. I, I think it's it's good for your comedy, but I I just wonder where it came from. So, in terms yeah. in terms of your JFL appearances, do you have a plan in place? Do you have a do you know what you're going to be doing and talking about on some level? Is there something you can kind of preview for us without spoiling anything? Uh, no, it'd be the same. <laughs> it'd be the same. It's the same bullshit I'll bring every year. Yeah. Okay. I don't really know how to summarize it. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> we'll all find out when we see you. Okay. And where can people go to uh, learn more about you, Ronnie? Oh, uh, I, yeah. I, I guess you could go on my website. If anyone still uses the, uh, the websites anymore, it's RonnieShang.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, and which is probably the only social media platform which I 
respect right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> even though I know it's technically a subsidiary of Facebook and blah blah blah, but um, I don't know. I like I like the I I find it a way more positive environment. So yeah, on Instagram, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, listen, I, I know we have to go. We have to, we have to keep this short. I appreciate this time, and I wish we had more time. Maybe we'll talk some other time, and I'll stop saying the word time. Ronnie, thank you so much for being on thanks. the on the show, and uh, best luck with everything going forward. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Sorry for the background noise, but how, how else would you know I'm in New York? <laughs> exactly. Special thanks again to Ronnie Chang for being on this, the 489th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and things like Spotify, Audio Boom, YouTube, everything really. If you can't find an episode that you've heard about and are looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly at Vishkana. You can also listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at CFRU.ca, or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation and keep this podcast going. We have a very modest Patreon. Uh, it would be nice if it was less modest. It was like, uh, you know, flashy. It's not flashy. So go to patreon.com slash creative control and, and help make the Patreon more flashy. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. Thank you to Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music of his on this show. Go to jimguthrie.org to learn more about Jim and his amazing music. And finally, last but not least, thank you very much for listening to this podcast and subscribing to it and telling your friends to check it out. It means a lot on the Reddit and the Twitter and the Facebook or whatever you use to spread the word. Please do. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say for now. I will talk to you very soon. Goodbye for now. Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.